you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And to find some great advertisers, we need to learn a little bit more about you, the listeners. Go to podsurvey.com slash fantasy to take a quick anonymous survey that's going to help us get to know you a little bit better. Please, guys, we help you with your lineups on Twitter, on this show. Just take a moment and uh, answer some questions. It'll be painless, I promise. All it's of pretty you good. poetry fans out there, please let us know uh, how much like poetry books you'd <laughs> like us to advertise, what sort of uh, <laughs> spiral notebooks you like, so that you can write your deep and dark thoughts. Please let us know. This will help us provide you with free fantasy advice all Boom. season long. Yes. There it is. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card again that's podsurvey.com slash fantasy that's basically free money we we ask you to do one small thing for us and we there's even something incentive for you to do it like why why not you can get everything off amazon seriously i was gonna say the same thing (laughs) podsurvey.com slash fantasy thanks Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by the magical beard of fantasy himself. We got the franchise. We have Matt Franciscovich. What's up? What's up, James? Weird weird day yesterday, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I, I feel it like got better been, in the afternoon. Right. I, I feel like it's been two weeks in a row where fantasy scoring has been really, really muted for yeah. whatever reason, unlike your shirt. Oh, yeah. Thank is, you. Which is loud AF. I'm rocking a little flag and anthem today. <laughs> We've got the Wizkid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up? I'd say the weirdness from yesterday was also compounded by the fact that they just like forgot to order all of us in the newsroom uh, lunch. Oh my oh. god, so, it was terrible. So not only were we like on lunch tilt, but then it was that point where like you're getting low blood sugar, and it's like three thirty in the afternoon. You haven't eaten since like seven, and you've been at your, <laughs> you've been at your desk all day tilting about fantasy, and it was just like Can I just everything say, was compounded. At one point, the three of us, Harmon, Gelhar, and me, yeah. were debating splitting a cliff bar into third. <laughs> and because we were so hungry. One Armin and I split And it. two of us did it. Because it's <laughs> all we had. I had some trail mix in my bag. Our, our, struggle, our struggle is oh real over here. This is great. This is great. The thing is, people, you know, you would think, okay, nobody cares. But this is the stuff actually people care about. Yeah, I they think so. Worried about our lunch. This is the thing. No, because I don't think people realize that on Sunday – Everyone crams into the NFL media newsroom. Mm-hmm. Crammed. Crammed in there. And you're like locked and at your desk. You're locked at your desk. You've got, you know, a million TVs going, not at your individual desk, but um, but there's a million TVs going. Yeah. And everyone's watching games. And when it starts getting creeping close to 12 o'clock, when it starts creeping close to noon Pacific time, people start getting itchy. Yeah. yeah. People start getting that. Well, Those hunger pains. A lot of, lot of people food? have been there for a long time. Like, That's true. We all, we all get in at like seven ish in the morning, or yep. start our days at seven, and then you know by the time noon's around, you're like, all right, I need some, I need some fuel. Yeah. yeah. And, and then so there was some kind of like lunch confusion yesterday. Yes. I wasn't Someone part of the that. Ball pretty oh hard. God. And t- to be clear, this has <laughs> happened now twice since I've been here, and okay. both times they've forgotten about 
the newsroom. <laughs> yeah. Which is like it's a Sunday. Uh-huh. There we're are a, games. We're a media organization. We're a, a, a sports right. media organization specifically true. about football. True, true. How are you forgetting that there are people working in the newsroom? It's just we're we're like the 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 Irish third lower class or whatever on the Titanic. <laughs> yes. Like we are <laughs> down there cold. by the laundromats and the sleeping the with the rats. Stuff. Yep, that's us. Perfect. All the all the suits upstairs were like, mm, this is delicious lunch Great barbecue. When we're gonna Great we're gonna ration off one Cliff Bar together. <laughs> <laughs> so in the social media room, there was oh about to be a mute. Yeah, yeah. The the, the I co- went in the there co- and they were like, pizzas have been ordered. Everyone relax. In the student union, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Is the social media. <laughs> the room. social media. I room. believe they were trying to figure out who was oh the shortest tenured person to be. Eaten they were first. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, since they hire somebody new like every week, there was right. probably a few candidates. <laughs> there is no more millennial room than the social media room. That is true. All right, so we've got Matt Harmon here as well. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Per- uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, good. <laughs> Producer Chris in the building. What's up? Good morning, boys. How are we doing? Morning. Good, good, good. All right, we're going to get to you. uh, A great show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about uh, your top news. We'll give you your top performers, your biggest disappointments. We'll talk about target and touch leaders as well. Alex Gilhar will uh, highlight a a couple or a few waiver wire names that you need to keep in your back pocket as we approach Tuesday as well. But we start your show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Very chunky news session, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Chunky. We'll start with Sam Bradford in Minnesota. He has a hurt left knee, the same knee he's had two ACL <sighs> surgeries on. <laughs> this was Mike Zimmer. Coach Mike Zimmer, post game quote, Sam Bradford is fine. He might play one game from now. He might play six weeks from now. Either way, he's fine. He's fine. I don't think that <clears throat> word means what you think it means, Mike uh, Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, that is the definition of not fine. Mm-hmm. If he's missing time, that means he's not fine. That's how I would translate that. Yeah. But, uh, but no, Mike Zimmer, obviously, you know, doing the whole coach thing, coach speak thing. Um, but we saw the results, right? Case Keenum came in there for Sam Bradford, and the offense absolutely tanked. So bad. It was horrendous. Mm. Uh, Stephon Dix, two receptions, 27 yards. Adam <sighs> Thielen, five receptions, 44 yards. I mean, I guess you could say there were a couple of misplays, penalties or stuff that brought some plays back, but at the end of the day, that's football. That is football. And what we saw was, again – Stephon Diggs getting 27 yards. What we saw was Adam Thielen getting 44 yards, and here's the thing. The offense looked horrendous. Uh, It it sucked that this happened like – you know, when inactives came 90 minutes before the game started. And our Sunday mornings are very busy, so we didn't have a lot of time. And, like, people with their lineups didn't have a lot of time to, like, watch anything or read anything. But our research team, and this is something to note if Bradford misses more time going forward before Teddy Bridgewater comes back. Yeah. They pumped out some stats about Case Keenum, which I put into our little last-minute article we do. But before, prior to last this Sunday's game, among quarterbacks with at least 20 starts since 2013, Keenum ranks 34th in completion percentage, 31st in passing yards per game, and has a 24 to 20 TD to interception ratio, which, by the way, ranks 33rd among qualified starters. <laughs> uh, Not great. So the writing uh, was kind of on the wall yeah, that right. uh, we should have ran away from Diggs and Thielen. It was just, it was so hard to sit them after that fantastic showing in week for one. For sure. In a game that, you know, still could have been a negative game script for him and that could have had a ton of volume. It's yeah, it's not a good. It wasn't a good spot either. Just regardless of of who's playing quarterback. I mean, obviously Keenan being back there. Which, by the way, I'll just never be able to let go of that 2013. You love Keenan. I love Case Keenan. Let go. I can't let, let go. go. I have a pro. This is. I, and I, Trevor Simeon is in, in in danger of being the same guy. Like, <laughs> I, I can't let go of these. Like, I don't know. I just like have a thing for weird backup quarterbacks that occasionally flash. But anyways, the p- point here is that it was a pretty rough spot anyways being in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense, I know they play, they've they played the Browns and uh, the Keenum Vikings, which is, you know, not exactly like the, a murderer's row. But their defense, sure. I think, is better this year. So the, the, the worst part was when Dalvin Cook had a 25-yard touchdown run that got 
overturned, which was one of the worst overturns I've ever seen. And oh, then my God. They put the fullback C.J. Oh Hammond on the next play, and he vultures hey. a touchdown from Dalvin Cook. Guys, C.J. Hammond. <gasps> can't we just be happy? For <laughs> can't no, we, we can't. Can't we just be happy for C.J. Hammond? And, and no. I'm sure it's a life accomplishment of his uh, scoring an NFL touchdown. Literally, oh. speaking of the NFL media newsroom, that was literally one of the highlights from yesterday morning was when C.J. Hamm Went got ham. in there. And scored the touchdown. By highlights, you mean low light. I'm happy. Everyone's happy for you, CJ. And everyone screamed like, "No!" <laughs> I screamed in excitement for what a great moment it was. For I me. huddled <laughs> underneath my desk and cried. Uh, to Go your back to your bridge, troll. <laughs> <laughs> to your point about Case Keenum, Alex Gilhar per Next Gen Stats, Case Keenum had a 77.7 quarterback rating when throwing deep downfield. We're talking about passes that are 20 plus yards downfield. That would rank 20th. Out of 36, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 33% completion percentage. It's not great for Stephon Diggs, obviously, uh, who is a great downfield threat. All right, so what do you do with Stephon Diggs? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ian Rappaport actually had a a statement that uh, Diggs could possibly even, or excuse me, uh, Sam Bradford could actually play next week but again uh, a, a lot to go through there but what do you do with with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and, and the bunch I don't if Keenum's a quarterback I don't know if you can start these guys that's what I'm saying I don't disagree with that terrible yeah. terrible you're just hoping for for a catch and the ball is just nowhere near these guys and the Vikings just... play the Buccaneers defense in week oh. three as well if Case Keenum is starting I'm benching everybody from yeah the yeah you can't you can't do it to yourself again mm. that Buccaneers Buccaneers defense looked good yesterday and yes they were playing the Bears but they have playmakers at every level of the defense oh for they've sure got a great defensive line they've got great <laughs> linebackers and they've got good players in the secondary at least the games in Minnesota but it's unless hard, San Bradford plays it's 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 a no go Jordy Nelson. Got injured early in that game. Did not put up any stats whatsoever. He's got a quad injury. Severity not yet known. Randall Cobb left that game in the fourth quarter, or maybe it was late third. Either way, he uh, suffered a shoulder injury. He left that game. That's not a good sign. Hate shoulder injuries, man. Those are not a good sign. Um, Both offensive tackles were injured as well. David Bakhtiari had a hamstring, didn't play. Brian Balaga had an ankle. Uh, He didn't, and again, he didn't play in week two. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. Any concern for Aaron Rodgers versus the Bengals in week three? No. He's going back home. They've still got weapons. Uh, Geronimo Allison is a guy that uh, kind of flashed last year, and he stepped up for this team. If Jordy and or Cobb miss time, he actually should be somebody to circle on the waiver wire. Rodgers has a decent rapport with him. Granted, Allison kind of stopped on the route that was a touchdown in that game, so that's not great. But no. uh, I would not be concerned at all. Aaron Rodgers is going back home where he historically plays very well. Okay. And uh, – Bakhtiari tested his hamstring right before the game, said it just wasn't quite close enough. Bulaga's ankle injury came in the second week of the preseason. He hasn't played since, so he is nearing the end of his recovery timeline as well. And all things considered, those Joe Schmo tackles that they put out there, one of whom was a Justin McCray making his first NFL snap appearance wow. for an offense. They uh they did pretty well against the Atlanta pass rush. Granted, Vic Beasley got hurt, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't Jeff, know. Did they though, man? I I, I, I felt like Rogers getting look, crushed. Well, out it's there. also it's also Rogers, and he does this where once the if the pressure gets to him a little bit, then yeah. sometimes he starts seeing ghosts a little bit in recent years. And Jordy was out, so his security blanket was gone. Then Cobb got injured, so his receivers weren't getting as much separation, and he was exacerbating the situation. But from next gen stats, Jack Crawford uh, led the pass rush with a 4.22 yards per separation from the quarterback. That's just below the league average. Okay. So like it was not like they were closing in on him constantly, and the protection held up pretty well. To me, it was just like different. It was like not so much consistent pressure. It was like difference making plays in the backfield where like they would bring him down and to drive that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and that, I think that would be the big worry for me watching the game I certainly felt felt like the lack of pass protection was an issue so I don't know I to me it's and again we, we talk about the offense when it doesn't have Jordy Nelson I think that's an injury that I'm going to be I mean obviously if you have Jordy it's it's an injury you're keeping a very close eye on but we saw the impacts that having no Jordy has on the Packers offense in general when he missed that entire season tearing his ACL. So I don't know, man. I mean, if the if the tackles are injured, if Jordy Nelson's not right, if Randall Cobb is not right, that's a big-time adjustment. Yeah. Uh, and I get that Aaron Rodgers is, is great. I mean, he's awesome, man. But I'm just saying maybe we should – I'm not saying bench the guy because you just can't. 
but maybe lower our expectations. That also him. was that 2015 season. There was a different Devontae Adams. He's a better player now. Uh, there was no Martellus Bennett and, By the no, way, and we, no Ty Montgomery. <laughs> Why are they throwing Marty B? There has to be somebody else that could play the outside receiver than Martellus Bennett. Why yeah, Why a, is he out he's there? A mis- he's, targets. A, he's a mismatch out yeah. there. I mean, he is, but I, I could see that in like certain situations. But they were consistently throwing him out there. It, t- it seemed like to me they didn't really have an answer for Jordy Nelson being out, which uh, I, I don't just think was surprised by I don't by think that. he played well either. Like, no, he didn't play he well. played bad. He had five catches on 11 targets for 47 yards. I mean, he had that but. horrible pick play that was ah, – that just it's just Which yeah, was within well. one yard of the line of scrimmage, it's though. It's true. And also, that stuck for Cobb because Cobb finished with, like, six for 60, but he had a touchdown erased, and yep. then he had, uh, like, 50-yard gain erased. So 100%. he was close to having a massive game in this game. Yeah, he was cooking. That's a great point, actually, uh, is the fact that the stat line doesn't really reflect how – important Randall Cobb was to that offense and how well he was really and playing. Cobb did, they said he was questionable. He did have his pads on to the end of the game, so I, it might have been a case where they could have brought him back in if okay. needed, so we'll have to monitor his injury, though. Right. But if, if he is there and Jordy is out, I still think this offense can be fine because a healthy Cobb is a big difference maker. And they'll be able to game plan around it, at least for the entire week, but we'll see. All right, Greg Olson, broken foot, out indefinitely. Actually, I think I saw a report actually from Ian Rappaport that says uh, he believes that Greg Olson will be back in about six games. Not still, season ending. Not season ending. Not season ending, so God. You know, uh, he is eligible, I guess, to uh, be put on the IR, but uh, who knows right now. But expect about six games out uh, for Greg Olson, which is great. Ed Dixon believed to be the starting tight end. Now, I don't imagine Ed Dixon is fantasy relevant. Can anybody talk me off of that? No, no I don't think Ed Dixon is fantasy relevant, but if there is a player that benefits from this injury – much as it pains me to say this, I think it's Devin Funches, who actually kind of looked pretty good yesterday. I mean, I think his Olsen is the rock of this passing game the last three years, and really just since he's been there in general, but especially lately. Um, they've always had these high-variance receivers in Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, and uh, Olsen has been kind of Cam's security blanket. Now that that's gone, it's going to open up a big piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, and I think Funches is – I mean, he's been on the field a ton this year as opposed to he was not – uh, in previous seasons, uh, I, I really think that Funches is a guy that you know, people might not be chasing on the waiver wire because he only had four for 68. But he, okay. looked, he looked pretty good to me yesterday, and I think he's definitely worth a pickup in, as a result of this. Does it lead to an uptick in targets for Christian McCaffrey? I mean, he's already seeing a pretty fair amount of uh, volume. He saw five yesterday, four catches. I mean, he seems like a guy that's going to get four catches every week. Uh but I, I could certainly see that. I mean, they don't have a lot of – I mean, this is not like a deep passing game. I mean, Russell Shepard's a guy that um, I like a lot of people uh, in Carolina speak positively of. But, uh, you know, beyond that, there's not a lot there. Uh, Curtis Samuel is not a player who's contributing at this point. Uh, they love Russell Shepard in uh, Tampa Bay too. I do want to say this concerns me a little bit for Cam as a fantasy quarterback. Fortunately for him, he gets the, uh, the cure-all for offensive struggles in the Saints coming to <laughs> Carolina that next helps. week. Truth. However, like he still looks like he's shaken off a little rust. He yeah. he missed some easy throws, like including a, what should have been a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. Like, oh, that, that was exhausting. That was brutal. And you take out his his security blanket, like you said, the most consistent player, the rock in this passing game for the last three years. I don't think that's going to help him getting back to normal. So right. I mean, you you probably roll him out next week against the Saints, but if he still doesn't put up electric numbers, it's going to be time to look for other options. I don't think Cam is going to be a a a big big time fantasy quarterback in the early part of the season because he's also not running a lot uh which is smart for them long term but i will say they do have a great schedule i mean they get saints at home like you said then they travel to new england should be a pass heavy game they go to detroit philadelphia chicago tampa bay atlanta those are all pretty good games uh in terms of what they can do on offense so I would uh, I'd be pretty encouraged about the Panthers' offense right now. All right, we'll stay with the tight end theme. Gronk left the game after suffering a groin injury. I, I don't know, man. It, I, again, when you look at how he twisted onto the ground, you start thinking about, oh, did he injure his back? Is this a situation where they're saying it's a groin injury, but maybe it's also related to the back? I don't know. The bottom line is he's Gronk is hurt, and um, they're trying to say it's minor I I have my concerns. He was on one of those stationary bikes on the sideline. Like he kept his pads on. He was he didn't go into the locker room, which is mm-hmm. a good sign. They didn't need him anymore. He had 116 yards and a touchdown, and they he were a big blowing game. the Saints out. So it's a good point. They I think they they took the 
aired on the side of caution and just left him on the sideline. And, you know, we'll see what happens. The Patriots are notoriously mysterious with their injury report. So uh, it's yes. something to monitor. I'm sure he will be listed as questionable. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we'll stay with you, Franchise. Eddie Lacy was a healthy scratch. Oh, boy. A healthy oh boy. scratch. Chris Carson broke through finally. 100 total yards. Yes. He had finally, 20. It's week two. <laughs> well. I, f- I feel like it's been finally because we've been wanting this guy since week, since <laughs> yeah. preseason week one. That's yes. fair. <clears throat> that that's fair. Yes. But it's just it's a funny thing. <laughs> it is true. Chris Carson broke through 100 total yards, 20 carries. Yeah. For the Mack truck known as Chris Carson, franchise your take. Yeah, I mean it was good to see. He's clearly the best running back in Seattle. Is franchise look, the Seattle look. running back whisperer? He I might. am. You guys want to get your high five out of the way now? Yeah, hey, buddy, Chris is. Carson. Oh yeah, let's go. Preseason darling. No, so the, everyone thought Thomas Rawls was going to come back in this game after missing Week One and be the guy. Yeah, I think he had five carries. They were all in the first quarter, and then he didn't touch the ball again the rest of the game. C.J. Procise, I think, had four receptions but didn't play a major role, and it was all Chris Carson, and he looked good. Granted, it was against the 49ers, which is a favorable matchup for running backs. So we'll see what happens, but I think for now, if you didn't get Chris Carson last week on the waiver wire, there might be a rush to get him. So For sure. You're going to be out of luck. Who do the uh, Seahawks play the Titans this week in Tennessee in week three? So tough matchup. Not Titan, a, Titans have a good run defense. Not right a now. great matchup. But, but after that. I think Chris Carson needs to be owned. After that. Uh, first of October, they get the Colts. Hello. Oh, there's, there's a favorable matchup coming up. Okay, so but he, I am concerned about the Seahawks offense. I was just though. about to ask you, what's up hey, with the Seahawks offense? I don't know. They couldn't put up points against the 49ers. They almost lost that game. I mean, it was crazy. It was wild. It was 6 6 forever. I am very concerned. Jimmy Graham also got hurt for a little while. I think he came back into the game. Paul Richardson. He was. Uh, Paul Richardson not good. scored the first touchdown uh, of the what season is- for. Uh, and it, it didn't come until <laughs> turn your audio off on what your computer. What are you doing? <laughs> so I was very distracted. Sorry, I accidentally just pulled something up. My Paul Richardson. Trying to look at something. <laughs> the first touchdown of the Seahawks' 2017 oh season, I think, came in the third or fourth quarter in this game. It was to Paul Richardson. We have some real serious harm and trends going on in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, one, he likes to dap himself. Yes. As as franchises duly noted. We'll see if that happens again today. It probably <sighs> will. It probably will. Over but, under. <laughs> we've also we've also noticed that uh, that Harmon, for whatever reason, just loves to go on Tinder in the middle of the I'm not yeah, podcast. Yeah. I'm not I mean, Tinder. he was streaming Tinder live on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how it works. <laughs> uh, okay, well, not to move right along. Stop okay. piling on Harmon because that's always fun in yes. these podcasts. But right. the Jimmy Graham usage is so puzzling to me because last year looked like they finally figured out that they have this game-changing dynamic tight end, yeah. and now. He has nine yards on ten targets to start the year. In two games. In two games, he has nine yards. Yeah. Like, they're not using him downfield that much. Like, I don't know if they're trying to keep him. Well, like, I I keep seeing these, a lot of, like, football people we follow are putting GIFs and videos of him. Like, they must be keeping him in to help protect, but it's not good. He's not a good blocker. No, he's not. All I see are GIFs of him getting blown off the line (laughs) of scrimmage trying to help block. Um, can I say this though? Have you guys have you guys actually gone back and checked the all twenty two? No. He's lollygagging on a lot of these routes, man. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the deal is. I don't know if he's not healthy or whatever it is. But man, can't be lollygagging. He's. Yeah. I, I tell you what, man. He's not running all that hard on a lot of these routes, and maybe that's just how. Maybe that's just how it goes. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, he don't. He doesn't look right. Interesting. I'll say that. He doesn't I mean, look he, right. He got injured and then came back. I don't know what the injury was. but so, I don't know. He I, didn't He didn't look great in the Packer game, and he yeah, did not look great yeah. in this game from what I saw. But, yeah, that Titans test is going to be a – It's going to be a big one. one. And Russell Wilson attempted 39 passes in this game and only had 198 passing yards and one touchdown. Doesn't it feel like the Seahawks start slow every Always. Day, it's so, because of their offensive line. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, they got to coach is. him up, and they got to, you know, get the start gelling into the back half of the season. But – Right now, man, that offensive line is absolutely um, not doing their job. Not doing their job. That's and I, I've got some serious. I've got some serious question marks to their pass catchers, and obviously Jimmy Graham, Russell Wilson as well. All right, Corey Coleman, broken hand. Not sure if it's the same hand. Uh, it's a similar injury, they said, uh, to the one that uh, he suffered last year. The same injury that I believe he missed six games with. Maybe it was four. But either way, when he came back, he was obviously just not the same guy. Who we saw step up when Corey Coleman uh, went down, 
Hollywood Higgins. I thought he was cut. He was. He was actually. It was so funny. Gelhar and I were uh, enjoying some wonderful breakfast burritos Saturday yes. morning, and yeah. I was like, "Yo, Higgins, elevated from the practice squad." Because okay. Because he, he initially made the fifty-three this yeah. year, after being, I think, a fifth-round pick in in twenty uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Made the fifty-three, then got cut, put back on the practice squad. Then yesterday, just or Saturday, got bumped up to the active roster. And he played well. A God, I was so uh, look. I was very happy to, to see that. I'm a big Higgins guy coming out of college. <laughs> big reception. Where did, where did he favorite. go to school? Uh, he was uh, Colorado I was State. Say Colorado kayak. State, CSU. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and he was a super productive player. Uh, he was. He would just absolutely shanked the combine. He was like a fourth percentile spark athlete or whatever. But he's a great route runner, and uh, he's a guy who just, yeah, he stepped right up. And look, it's o- I mean, I think it's like over for Kenny Britt in Cleveland. Cause oh, yeah. Talk about loafing around there oh, uh if coleman's out i think higgins is like definitely a uh you got like a guy you gotta add this week i'll be targeting pretty much in every league uh because i think well for obviously because i'm a big fan but there's a lot of opportunity there for i him. feel like you can get him for pretty cheap on fab too right i, I believe he will probably be somebody that people overlook yeah because yeah, sure. he's a browns receiver sure. uh he's not a Browns. He's. A, I mean, he's a not a big name, but he was like a well-known college player in a lot of circles. But I, I, I'm definitely pretty, pretty excited about him. I think the, there are a lot of players that just uh, need an opportunity, and I think he's probably one of them. And and this is this. He's looks like he's about to get it. There were some really good reports surrounding Rashad Higgins last year mm-hmm. and this preseason, so I'm not that surprised, as you mentioned, that uh, that he actually showed out well. Uh, in his opportunity when Corey Coleman went down, so played 54 of 71 snaps. I mean, pretty good. That was more than Kenny Britt. Uh, so yeah, I think he's mostly he's, in the slot, right? Uh, I don't know. I guess he's a smallish receiver. He, he's definitely sure. kind of. I mean, he's in that like Antonio Brownish mold of wide receivers. Not comparing him to Brown, of course, but I mean, it, it's. I guess from a profile standpoint, they are similar players because he's uh you know he's a small guy that's not a good athlete but a, a big time route runner and yeah he did uh played 90 percent of his snaps from the slot 82 percent of his targets from the slot there, there you go. go robert kelly left that game against the rams with an injury to his ribs uh there's a lot of uh concern that it might be a fractured rib there meaning he could miss a good amount of time so maj p ryan got a lot of work in the second half 21 carries resulting in 67 yards not great efficiency but man the workload was there, 21 carries, most of it, again, in the second half. That's pretty good for Samaj P. Ryan. Um, Whiskey, what's your thoughts, sir? I think Chris Thompson's going to get a bigger role if Rob Kelly misses more time. I know they saddled P. Ryan with a lot here, but they were also trying to nurse their lead and get away with a road victory here. Right. But Thompson has been so dynamic. He has, like, 161 total yards and three touchdowns on all of, like, 13 touches. Yeah. So, like, it's a case where he's not going to come in and get – 15 carries a game, but I could see them balancing that out a little more and giving Thompson like 10 carries a game because he's just been so good and he's been such an important piece of that offense. He's been huge. He only got three carries, though. Uh, 77, yards. 77 yards. 77 yards. Two tutties. Know, One crazy. was a 61-yard touchdown. That's unbelievable. Run, so. But, yeah, no, so I, I, it does look like Samaji P. Ryan's going to walk into a pretty big workload, though. Yeah, and I think the key is he didn't he, – he, he held on to the ball, which was his knock against him. In the preseason. Jake yeah. Rudin over the weekend was like, oh, well – we don't like guys who fumble. He so. specifically said we don't forget fumbles. Right, oh, buddy. It right. looks like you're gonna have to <laughs> but, let it go. But he had a huge workload in this yeah. game when Kelly came out and he held on to the ball. So I think it's a good sign going forward. And he was very secure with the football in college as well. I yeah. think the biggest the biggest knock on him really has been pass protection, right? So yeah, can he figure that part of it out Hopefully. in this offense? That's what we'll see. Her cousins needs it. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, Jordan Howard. Came in with a shoulder injury, but played obviously not very well. He was then seen in a sling post-game. He did not address reporters. Oh, by the way, both offensive guards, both of these guys who are just terrific offensive linemen, Kyle Long still has not recovered from his offseason ankle injury. He didn't play. Josh Sitton. He got injured in the game as well, hurt his ribs, and he left the game. The severity of his rib injury not yet known. But what do we make of Jordan Howard? Uh, Sorry if you drafted him. Because <laughs> yeah, you paid the price, man. Because you're – I mean, you're experiencing, like, all of the literal worst things about drafting running backs early. He's hurt. 
He has workload questions. Uh, he's on a bad offense. He's on a bad offense. Game script issues. Uh, and there's a there's an exciting player, you know, nipping at his heels behind him. So, and the line is I- injured. So I mean, that's like literally the 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 roulette wheel of like everything that can go wrong for an early. He round hit for the back. cycle on disaster scenarios yes. for an early round. So back. sorry. If you're, you have Jordan Howard, do you hold trade? What do you do? I mean, you're not dropping Who's, him. Obviously, well, you're not, I said you're not dropping him. But I said to sell him after week one. If you read my trade call, yeah, column. buddy. I like it. I think at least got, he scored a touchdown. I went on Fantasy Live and said you got to trade. Yeah, Jordan, nobody's going to trade for him now. So no, you got to no, no, hold him. You just got to you got to bury him. Got to hold he gets him. Healthy. Yeah, hope. I mean, I don't know. He he didn't have a touch after the second quarter. Yeah, and it so, might have been because of the a, shoulder. Right, and it was a blowout. So they, maybe they were like, "Hey, buddy, just sit on the sideline." But for what it's worth, Tariq Cohen wasn't very productive. He had 13 rushing yards, 55. Still got a yards. lot of work, though, man. He still did get a lot of work, but he wasn't uh, impressive. With it, it sucked that this game got out of hand so quickly for them. Yeah. Like that, the workload is encouraging for Cohen as like a weekly kind of floor sure. flex play because he's going to be involved, and you just hope that they're not down like 20 to zero in the blink of an eye. That's why. But the the reason I love Cohen. And I think he's a must-start in PPR formats. For is, sure, is because of the workload. Yeah, I mean, seven targets again. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at the number of receptions he has. I mean, he didn't put up a horrible game in what was a horrible game. Yeah, right for the Bears, he did. He himself did not put up a horrible statistical game in PPR. I think he no, you got to roll him out. He's like he's nine old, targets. Old school Danny Woodhead. Like he's just yeah. a great floor play. And in the weeks he gets into the end zone, boom, boom, like it's a total difference maker in your lineup. I love it. The Bears. They can't score points. I mean, they're running out Josh Bellamy and Deontay Thompson's are two outside receivers. Give, <laughs> yeah. me, give me a break. Yeah, like they're good, they're um, gonna they're gonna have to yeah. keep going. By the way, for Howard, like holding on to him, the the downside is that the uh, Bears have a late buy. It's a week nine buy, so like that you don't get stinks. you don't get the benefit of like maybe they sit him a couple games, have a week six buy, and he comes back. So it, it could be a rough spot, but like we said, you can't. Nobody's going to trade for him, and you so can't you're drop him now. You're banged. You're banged in a big spot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Benny That's Cunningham tough. is on the depth chart. <laughs> the problem with these shoulder injuries too. Bad shape. The problem with these shoulder injuries too is yeah. that you you never know how much it's going to hurt or how how little you can play or how much you can play because it's not a lower body injury. You can yeah. run, yeah, and you're not going to take hits on it during practice. You'll only know. During games, if your shoulder's going to hold up, and yeah. this is coming from a shoulder expert, <laughs> a shoulder expert, a guy who's torn his shoulder as well, so I don't know that it's it's one of those injuries that just seems to linger mm. on and on and on. Yeah, and a shoulder, you know, they're always lowering their shoulder right. to break through tackles. It's an important body part for a running back. It's huge. It's huge. And awesome. so obviously, I've got some real uh, real concerns with Jordan Howard. I don't know, man. If you can get anything for him. Uh, I might make that move. Would you trade Jordan Howard for Tariq Cohen straight up? Yeah. Wow. And yes. I, I don't know. Just because if things started for whatever reason to turn around for the Bears, you're he's the touchdown. He's the touchdown threat. So remember though Tariq Cohen's only 179 pounds. Who knows if he can take this kind of workload for an extended period. It's true. So Although I've been encouraged by the way defenders slide off of him yeah, for whatever he's, reason. He's got that wiggle. He does. That wiggle. He's very elusive. That wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? Wow. Moving Let's, right along. Uh, long-term concern for DeMarco Murray, question mark. Nine carries, just yep. 25 yards. Yep. He had one catch for three. Derrick Henry had 14 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. I think a lot of it was game script. Hello. Derrick Henry, go. baby. High five between the franchise and Harmon. Uh, but no, I, again, does first of all, let's, let's address this first. Does DeMarco Murray have... Uh, long-term concerns. Hell yeah. yeah. Of course he does. He's old. I mean, he's looking as <laughs> – he's he old as, as – uh, I mean, wasn't only it – only 29, but like – But I mean, taken, what, I mean, he's taken a, a pounding throughout yeah. his career, oh, yeah. especially yeah, yeah, yeah. the last three sure. seasons. And older running back, he hasn't looked great. I mean, just simply watching him, he doesn't look like the same early season to Marco Murray. Hamstring injury is a bad it's, one. It's nagging. Right. It's nagging. Right, yeah, it's a nagging injury. Uh, and look, he, Derrick Henry is one of these talents that, like, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like, once it's out there, once he has this kind of game – Didn't we go through this already? Ready, though I thought he's had a couple big games where but not, not like really. not like this in the in the regular season in yeah. the early portion of the season uh-huh. you know for for a team in Tennessee that we were really excited about coming into the year but they haven't really like 
had that offensive explosion through the first no. two games at all. Uh, I mean, yes. then they're playing a tough Jacksonville defense, yeah. uh, pass defense uh, yesterday. So that that's worth noting. But I think once they find – like, it's just one of those things, like, once they see it, once it's there, it's a tough thing to go away from. A force that helps them, you know, win football games and move the move the football – this is this is gonna. I think it's gonna be the way of the future. So, and that's how they want to win games, right? They want to win ball control and, and run the ball and, and and play good defense. That, that's the kind of team they have. They have such a great offensive line. Their defense is no joke. I mean, they've got two great running backs. I think this is how they want. They they've built their team to win this way. My yes. my only concern is that they the uh, word out of the front office all offseason was still Demarco Murray's a workhorse. Demarco Murray's a workhorse. He was so great for them last year. Is that like how long does the veteran deference and like contract continue to give Demarco Murray like a worrisome amount of touches for like Derrick Henry's workload? Yeah, because he had nine carries in this one. If he's like still semi right, he's probably going to get the start and he's going yeah. to get some yes. work. Yes. So, like, it's that's just something we're going to have to monitor moving forward. But Henry looked great. I mean, that touchdown run he had, he left Jags defenders in his wake. Yes. Right. He's a, he's a beast, man. But, he, it was, but I mean, again, a lot of it had to do, do with game script, though. I mean, yes. right? I mean, because the Titans got up and the, the Jaguars could up. do nothing. So The Titans were up. DeMarco Murray has a hamstring injury. That's uh, what I'm saying. Henry only had two touches in the first half. Most of his work came in the second half. And the that team, game was like three to three at halftime. So it's not like they went into halftime with a huge lead. They okay. still used that's Henry. fair. They used Henry to build that lead. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. All right. But so, he averaged I, six and a half yards per carry on his 14 carries. Not a single tackle for a loss. All right. So, so the the second part of the question is: Does Derrick Henry have standalone value? Because mm, right now I still feel like, okay, he is a high-level handcuff. Yes. But you're not that comfortable rolling him out, you know, even in a flex position. Does he now have standalone value? I think he I think he does. Uh, that was the question coming into the year because his draft price was pretty aggressive. For oh, like super a, high. For a backup running back, you know. Yeah. When we thought he was a straight backup running back. Now I think he's definitely like, a at this guy? moment, a 1B to the 1A of uh, DeMarco Murray. For, for now, uh, I think he is definitely someone you can play in the flex. And looking at the the Seahawks, I mean, excuse me, the the Titans schedule. I said Seahawks for a reason because the next two weeks they play Seattle in Tennessee, then they go to Houston, but then after that they get the Dolphins, the Colts, Hello. the Browns, Hello. then they start again with the Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. But that's a time when like maybe the next two weeks, this might be the time to buy Henry now because I think if Murray continues to fade away, they have two tough matchups. He's going to get awfully expensive when they get into that Colts-Browns uh, part of the schedule. Before we move on, I do have to address one of these uh, fantastic Facebook Live <coughs> comments. Brian Schwab says, I'm surprised Matt isn't on eHarmony. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> Never heard that one before. Never has my name been turned into a Harmony pun. Give me a break, Facebook. <laughs> Uh, I like it. clowns. I Just like kidding. It. I appreciate you watching. Um, also well, of note, also of note in Baltimore, guard Marshall Yonda uh, suffered a season-ending ankle injury. What the heck, Ravens. Now you, you might say to yourself, "Well, whatever. It's just an offense." No, this guy, one of the best guards in football. Yes, I mean, always finds himself on the top 100. He has wide respect. Uh, in the NFL, and this guy can play. Uh, it just means not good things for, you know, the inside part uh, of the Baltimore offensive line, which could then translate and trickle down, obviously, to Joe Flacco, their pass catchers, uh, Terrence West, uh, et al. So I, it's just it's just a note that... Just the real quick, I think that, like, if there's one person that might see uh, not a benefit, but just, like, more work come their way, it'd be, like, Buck Allen as the pass catching back out of that backfield. If... They're struggling to I run the ball. Saying. They'll yeah. use the short dump-offs sure. as kind of a facsimile for the running game. I like it. All right, let's talk about some top performers very quickly. Tom Brady, 447 yards, three touchdowns. Carson Wentz, 333 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Also chipped in with 55 rushing yards. Trevor Simeon again, man. Team yes. Trev. Yes. 231 passing yards, four touchdowns. Not bad. Uh, respect Trevor Simeon. No. <laughs> Re respect no, him. I will never. You're going to die on this hill this year, franchise. You're yep. outrageous. Why? You think he's bad? No, I, it's kind of a bit now. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe. Okay. I don't believe. Uh, it's not a bit. I don't how, believe it. How 
you look, you at the wide receiver position. Okay. Uh, he's oh god. You're, okay. You're all right. <laughs> at the wide receiver position, your top scoring wide receiver, Michael Crabtree, ladies and gentlemen, oh, six yeah. targets, six receptions, eighty yards, three touchdowns. I feel like that's good. Is that good? That's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty efficient. That's pretty that's good. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Jermaine Curse, five targets, four receptions, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Don't chase Curse. it. <laughs> Don't chase Don't it. Chase I, that's it. great advice, actually. Don't chase it. Emmanuel Sanders, eight targets, six receptions, 62 yards, and two touchdowns as well. He good. He's good. At the running back position, C.J. Anderson, your RB1, 118 on the ground, 36 through the air, two touchdowns for him. Man, how real quick on C.J. Anderson, like – he was so maligned this offseason in fantasy circles. Every like, year. I got him in a number of drafts this summer in like the sixth or seventh yeah, round. Man. And I yeah. was like, I was like, why, why is he falling so far? Like, I'll gladly take him here. He's It's injury concerns, and he's also being pushed, I think, by Jamal Charles and D'Angelo Henderson. But that's what I wanted what I want to know is he's, how do you guys feel like what are you doing with CJ Anderson right now? Because uh, part, part of starting me, yeah, obviously. no, but it but feels it, like it doesn't feel like there's another shoe's about to drop because because yes. I think that's the thing with C.J. Anderson coming into drafts. Like I agree with you, I think he was underrated, but it's always something with C.J. Yeah. We all like C.J. in this room as a player, but like it's always he's something. healthy right now and he got to right right the right thing though right now touches. like. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, great. Everybody's healthy right now. We're just going to jump ship on people because no, well, they might get injured? Might, well, he's got an extensive history. 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 He might be a candidate, a good candidate for a sell-high guy. I think that's, that's what, what I'm That's what I'm saying. Like, yes. do you do you maybe try to jump ship now, get something better? Oh, I don't my know. God. not. A, I would not jump ship. <laughs> 28 touches. He had 100 rushing yards. All right. Like two he weeks perfor- when he's, you know, out for four weeks. He well, performed well last week, too. Like. I ride him, ride him when you're getting this production. Like the running running back is death right now in fantasy. That's kind of true too. Like why would you why would you sell a guy that's the workhorse on a pretty good offense with a great defense where he's constantly going to be getting high workloads? It's true. This feels like another shoe's about to drop because it always does. I Whether it's and it's not even just injury. Too. I think I mean, there's some strong arguments on both sides for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not. I could see it, I could see it either he, way. He both fades sides. away just because he just you know fades away sometimes. I mean, is D'Angelo Henderson healthy right now or is he still injured? No, he know. played a little bit. Yeah, it's like he he's healthy and he's not doing anything to chip into this workload. Jamal Charles is being great spelling him. He's an aging running back coming off multiple devastating knee injuries. Like, I don't see the signs pointing to C.J. Anderson seeding this workload. It's just, again, it's just, it's just, it, will he get worn down as the season wears on, as Matt Harmon has noted, and also, will he get injured because he has a, a pretty extensive injury history, and, and if he is getting this level of work, Again, you're a little bit more prone to injuries as well. I, I think there's a strong argument on both sides. That's just my take. One of those players won't be surprised if in you know four weeks he is uh, one of the best running backs in fantasy football. Won't be surprised if something else has happened. There's that as well. All right, Todd Gurley, you're running back too. Pretty good. 88 rush yards, 48 receiving yards. Did you see him hurdle that guy on his way yeah. to the end zone? That was, that was an awesome That was play. impressive. He's that looking better. And he had two touchdowns I will as say. well. Todd Gurley. So there you go. I think they've been able to find a little bit of space for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're mixing him in both as a rusher and as a receiver. Correct. I think it's been it's been pretty good. Last overall. last week he had a couple of those runs where it was 2016 all over again. I was like, oh my god, what are you, you doing? Know what I mean? But he also had some runs where he hit the hole and had mm-hmm. good vision and made yeah. people miss. And I was like, okay, I think he's on his way back. I think that's who he is, though. You know what I mean? He's. I don't think he's a consistent runner, and I think we've seen that. He's not Trent Richardson. I'm not. I mean, I saw some of that going on on Twitter too when he was struggling at first. But I, I just don't think he's. You know, he's got home run ability. He's not a great consistent runner though, um, from what I've seen of Todd Gurley as well. All right, Ty, uh, Ty Montgomery, 35 rushing yards, not great, but 75 receiving yards, two touchdowns. You'll take it. Yeah, yeah. You, you crack the home run if you hit if you took time on in drafts. Yeah. I mean, he's got a great floor and great ceiling. Eighty nine percent of the Packers snaps second week in the row in a row, I believe. Back to back games with a hundred. Oh no, he had ninety some scrimmage yards in week one, or sure. over a hundred. But he's like in that Jordan Howard vein last year too, with like 90, 90 plus scrimmage yards a game and touchdown upside is yeah. yeah pretty pretty nice. Yeah, I mean it's like I said when when he, during draft season I said he was like a poor man's uh, David Johnson or a rich man's theoretic. He's definitely trending more towards that poor man. <laughs> Johnson uh, territory right now. You know what I love about him too is the fact that he is looking to shoulder people, man. He's t- like yeah. he squared up against Keanu Neal, who's That's a heavy I'm hitter saying. last night. Like they were coming at each other in the hole or in the open field a couple times, and a lot of running backs would just step out and ties yep. like 
No. Nope. Especially one that's like a former wide receiver, but he's got that combative yeah. nature to him. And he's bulked up. Yeah. Oh, he, he, looks he looks thick. Good. Yeah, he it. does. I love it. At the tight end position, uh, Rob Gronkowski, 116 receiving yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 103 and a touchdown. He good. Jason Witten. He old, but good. Oh, my God. <laughs> 97 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the the tight end won through two weeks, right? Yeah, over 90 and a score. And <laughs> 150 yards and two touchdowns on the season. Witten. I mean, what? the game the game against the the Giants was a pretty good one, to easy one to predict for him. He has yeah. a history against them. They're bad against covering tight ends. This game, I did not expect him to come out and no! smash like this. Unbelievable. Denver right. has historically been a little softer against tight ends because they have those great cover corners, but still definitely did not. Also, it's fair that the Cowboys, what, they threw the ball 49 times? Yeah, that's yeah, that's so also a good point. Helped. All right, biggest disappointments at the quarterback position. We talked about Cam, 228 passing yards, five rushing attempts, 27 yards on the ground, no scores, just 12 fantasy points versus Buffalo in standard scoring leagues. Uh, that is disconcerting. Andy Dalton, he's done, right? We didn't hit. No. We didn't hit on. No, this he's top. not. New OC. I was gonna say we didn't hit up. The, we didn't hit on that up top. That the, because it happened last week, and you know the news cycle, uh, it it rolls on. It but does they uh, they did fire their offensive coordinator. That's right. Zam- Zampizi. Zampizi. Now, now it's Bill Lazor. Woo. Lazor. Uh, I honestly it. think it's it's kind of a buy low opportunity for all Bengals I not agree. named Jeremy yeah. Hill. Go get Joe Mixon right That now. offense has so much talent. <laughs> they drafted two skill position players in the nope. first two rounds who saw combined like 18 touches in the first two weeks. Like that's 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 why Ken Zampezi is out. They have so much talent in this offense. I think it's a great buy low opportunity, especially for <laughs> Joe Mixon. And Dalton is going Green to play too. the Packers secondary next weekend. He will be able to – A.J. Green is going to just rip through that secondary. He did look really bad Thursday night, but the Bengals were dealt a tough hand with the Ravens in week one and then the Texans on a short week in week two. That is tough, man. It, the disconcerting thing is that the biggest problem has been not – and you know people will say the offensive line, but to me it hasn't been the – the pass protection has just been the quarterback has yeah. not played well. So uh, he needs to get the ball to A.J. Green. Do you know who the quarterback's coach was? It was Ken Zampezi, yeah. <coughs> no, it was, Bill, it was Bill, Bill Lazor. Lazor. Yeah, no, <laughs> no it, was, it was Zampezi before they lost. Well, I understand, but this year it was Bill Lazor. Right, and I don't think that means that, like, you know, he doesn't deserve the OC job or whatever. But well, he had to get it. I mean, there was yeah. I mean, there was a near mutiny, I guess, in the Bengals That was apparently room. true. Just hopefully this this means that they're going to start really getting their good players involved. I mean, come on, man. Throwing a Alex Erickson or whoever that – I mean, I feel, like, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on almost all NFL rosters, but when someone like that pops up on a prime time, I'm like, oh, that is. We're getting like a, getting, a wealth of targets. In, in, like, in, what is happening? In, a, in like a game-winning drive situation. It's like and, you have A.J. Green. And he was like a foot away from throwing a touchdown pass to Eifert, who stepped out of bounds first because yeah. he didn't know where his foot was. God, like, I thought – That was unfortunate. I, I put in Andy Dalton is done, and I, I thought this was just going to be, yep, 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 Andy I Dalton's done. there's room for a bounce back here. Yeah, I, I, I would – yeah, I would be buying. I'd try to buy on some Bengals. <sighs> That's what I'll be doing this week. I am uh, – I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Me too. Brian Hoyer, um, again, no one's playing Brian Hoyer. but Except, <laughs> except for Gelhar. I, I had to play him this Scott Fishbowl because uh, oh, when him. Sam Bradford went out. Well, it's a like, two-quarterback league it's too, It's a right? super flex. No, but um, I, just, I just put him in here because he had 99 yards passing. Yeah. That's amazing. Duke. Against the Seahawks. <laughs> That is amazing. I love it. All right, at the running back position, uh, your biggest disappointments. Zeke Elliott, nine carries, eight yards, 22 yards total. Rough. That uh, Broncos run defense was historically like the weaker part of their defense, Last but year, yep. that run defense is no joke. great this year. Yeah, it's no joke. Denver looks just awesome in general. Zeke, I got to say, our our, uh, our colleague uh, LaDainian Tomlinson had some – had some harsh words for Zeke on game day prime Ooh, apparently last night. Apparently, what did he say? Apparently, just there was not mincing words about the fact that he feels he quit on the team or or whatever. In Whoa! The there, so it's worth looking up the actual quote to see what LT said. But there was okay. that one play on that. I think it was an interception where he just gave up and they like zoomed in on him with his hands on his hips like while the play was still going on. Like that's not a good look, man. No. Yeah, you can't be doing that. You gotta at least be jogging towards the ball or something. A little bit, especially yeah. considering. No. I and I don't. I can't remember exactly if LT pointed this out, but especially with what's going on. Yeah. With Zeke off the field. Right. Like, you gotta look like you know, 
be a little more engaged here, buddy. Apparently, LT was saying he just wasn't like rallying people on the sideline or anything. But um, yeah, it's, I don't think it's a big deal with with Zeke. It's a, it was a rough spot on the road in Denver. I mean, I'll say this too, man. It, it a lot of times we look at these guys as as video game guys. You know, they're humans, right? Yeah. So like, he's got so much stuff going on off the field. Yeah. Um, maybe he's maybe just his mind is not right. He's a kid too. He's super young. Oh my god, he's so young. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe his mind's just not right. I don't know. I'm just again, I'm just speculating here, yeah. but Total it's, it's just it's just one of those things where I like to remind people these guys are human. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of times the off the field issues do weigh heavily into performances as well. Different right. degree, but the same thing with Lev Bell. I mean, who's also had a bit of a slow start, and he had obviously contract. True, ton of touches yesterday yeah. though. Twenty seven, I think. Yeah, I think he's had thirty one, ninety seven percent of the backfield touches. Yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Shady McCoy, twelve carries, nine yards. Ugh. Uh that's not good, right? Nope. That's, no, that's not good. He had forty three total yards. Uh, was a bit of a disappointment in that game as well. Um, also of note, again, no, no one's thinking Legarrette Blunt is your uh, is a top ten running back, but Zero carries? You can drop LeGarrette Blunt. That's a interesting take. You can drop LeGarrette Blunt. I, I, I wasn't thinking that, but I mean I think you can. What do you wait I mean what are you waiting for? I don't like, know. He's he the only reason he was relevant in week one was because he caught a receiving uh, touchdown, <laughs> touchdown know, which is obviously not gonna be his thing. <laughs> the reason I, I guess I didn't wasn't really considering that is because they don't really have a hot prospect behind him. Wendell Smallwood is not great. Which no. which is even more damning, the fact that they gave him as many carries as you got on Sunday, James. It's true. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. One other back That's I wanted to bring up as a disappointment, too, was Bilal Powell. Played 18 of 56 snaps in week two against the Raiders. Right. Uh, a lot of people, when I was talking about don't draft any Jets in fantasy, were uh, hitting me. All up with, in your what, mentions? what about Bilal Powell? What, what about, about Bilal? Bilal? It, he's a committee back on an offense that might score 17 touchdowns. You know who's getting more work in that backfield, too? Forte. Elijah, Elijah McGuire. McGuire. Oh. Elijah McGuire sure. is getting Him. work yeah. in that backfield. So right. uh, you're right. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, he's from uh, the University of Louisiana. He's a raging Cajun. A raging Cajun uh, is Elijah McGuire, and he's a great pass-catching back. And it's funny, they've got three of them. They've got three great – if you're the Jets, you should try to move one of these guys. I don't understand why, – why do they have all three of these dudes? Bizarre that Forte especially is still on the roster. It's craziness. I, don't, I kind of I, feel bad for him. Oh, I, I don't kind of. I do feel bad. Oh, absolutely. He's been a class act throughout his entire NFL career too, so I just don't understand it. At the wide receiver position, biggest disappointment, Brandon Cook's revenge game. Not so much. Two receptions, 37 yards versus New Orleans. I love the negative seven rush. That he had at the end of the game too, to just to put a a freaking spear right through your jugular. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey, I know I didn't do that well. I'm gonna do even worse. Here's this negative seven rush attempt at the end of a, a meaningless a meaningless rush for negative seven yards. Terrible. Five for 125 in the first two weeks. Brandon Cooks is still Brandon Cooks. There it is. Amari Cooper, five targets, four receptions, 33 yards. Tyreek Hill flopped a bit here. Mm. 43 yards receiving, 9 yards rushing. So I 50 think Kelsey game. With this offense, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's going to be Kelsey games. Sometimes it's going to be Tyreek games. It's gonna be, it might be hard for both of them to totally smash each week. But, yeah. like, you know, 50-whatever yards in a bad game, at least that's a somewhat usable floor. It's true. It's true. Terrell Pryor uh, noted here, four targets. Just two catches, and all of it came late. This Washington offense is not right right now. It's no. 31 total yards for Terrell Pryor. What do you guys do here? I'm, I'm I'm actually legitimately curious because I'm so heavily invested in Terrell Pryor. I don't know what to do. I want to believe. I'm I'm moldering it here in a, in the X Files. I want to believe, but the eyeball test says no. They were inconsistent in the preseason, and it's carried over into the regular season. It, the, Kirk Cousins and Terrell Pryor don't have good chemistry. Jamison Crowder's been dealing with a hip injury. Jordan Reed doesn't look right yet. He said over the weekend he was rusty in week one. It's just not a good situation for any of these There guys. was so much turnover in this offense between losing Sean McVay and then the yeah. top two target leaders. Like That's probably had a bigger impact on it than we realized because there was a lot of consistency in that offense with McVay, Pierre, and Deshaun, and Kirk. Kirk hasn't looked great. The wide receivers haven't looked great. It's just this offense isn't right right now. Yeah, And it's crowded, too. I mean, this was my big concern about Pryor. He had 11 targets in week one of four targets this week. It's yeah. just the, the straight volume. Like, he's not going to be a funnel receiver in this offense as long as all these other guys are playing with, you know, 
uh, Chris Thompson is is a is a threat as a pass catcher. You know, they got Jordan Reed, they got Jamison Crowder, Ryan Grant. They've got a superstar. Yeah, Ryan, what? Who? Ryan Grant. He's one of those like coaches uh, pet guys for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I it's mean, funny, I you, but it's funny you say that. I thought with the the loss of Deshaun Jackson and uh, Pierre Garcon, I thought this was going to be one of those um, you know funnel guys that that just get. Force-fed targets. I mean, we saw it in week one, 11 targets. Yeah, but I think it's going to go from game to game. Uh, I just don't see a scenario where they're going to pummel him with 130-plus okay. targets. It's just he's, – also, he's he's a good player, but people definitely, like, extrapolate the size and speed to be like, oh, my God, he's this all-pro talent. It's, but It's all because of that one – that one catch he made in training camp, like over that guy's head in the red zone, and then Terrell Pryor's ADP skyrocketed. Yeah, I think people like the volume, yeah, man. I was I mean, always and plus, he had a thousand yards with just the Browns, the Browns, and five different quarterbacks or whatever it was. So I don't know. I think people were a lot of people were extrapolating data from that as well. All right, let's talk about some target leaders here in week two. Dez saw 16 targets, oh. translated that into just seven receptions, but it doesn't matter. 59 yards and a touchdown, you'll take it. Yeah. How about Jarvis Landry? Good God almighty. 15 targets, 13 receptions, 78 yards. How do you get 78 yards? Great on day th- for a pass-catching <laughs> running back. He, he averaged 3.9 air yards per target. What? That's that crazy. Was, that was the third lowest among, among players with five targets. And on the flip side, like the Complete flip side, Devontae Parker was over 21 air yards. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was on Devontae Parker tilt all yeah, afternoon. You were. All right. Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey, 13 targets, seven receptions, 92 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good game for him, especially because there was so much concern about, oh, Marcus Peters and, and the KC defense, they're going to wipe him out. He did very well, 92 yards and a touchdown. Wentz is looking good, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's looking good. He looks okay. Yeah, I was going to say, he makes some – Backbreaking. He plays. has had. He, he's a QB too, and you guys are all about Trevor Simeon. Uh, okay. Did you <laughs> see the? Did you see the play? Second only to Tom Brady in fantasy points. Did you see that? Well, fantasy great point. He's a fantasy sleeper. That's man. a great point, man. Did you see the play <laughs> where he Kansas threw City. the ball like t- right to the, Terrence Mitchell, who bounced it off his hands right to Zach Ertz? And that, that was like crazy. a fifty-yard play. Yeah. That was insane. By the way, Zach Ertz saw ten targets in this game, only converted five of them, which is a horrific conversion rate for a tight end. But whatever, 97 yards, you'll take it. Horrific. It is. That's that's bad. Um, uh, We talked about Jason Winton. He saw 13 targets in this game. Damn. 13 targets, 10 receptions. Crazy. 97 yards and a touchdown. He was a beast in PPR. That's just not even fair production. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Uh, Ben Watson led the Ravens in targets. This is also interesting to note because the Ravens, offense does like to target their tight ends and it was ben watson still doing his thing how old is he 36 37 he's i think he's like 34 no, but it's great 92. he had an achilles injury <laughs> last year Good. got wiped out and uh like uh dennis pitta's surprise came back but he had 121 targets third most among tight ends yeah the Crazy. whole nfl he led year. the ravens in targets so with uh with ben watson being healthy he's sir, he's in a good spot to stream next week um i, just, I thought it might have been nick boyle because he forgot. was the he was the no he was the starting tight end on the depth chart yeah. i thought okay maybe nick boyle might be in a good um, spot but it's ben watson watson plays the jags in london next week and the jags have sneakily given up a bunch of catches and yards to tight ends they also gave up 91 yards and a touchdown uh, to Delaney Walker and Jonu Smith last week. Russia so Watson's going to be a good streamer next week, and I think if his volume continues, he's an every week player after that. Isn't that like crazy? That, yep. Good call. Uh, eight targets, eight catches, 91 yards for Ben Watson. All right, Alex Gelhar. Oh, by the way, you could catch that, uh, the targets and touches things, because people love that thing. It's a must read. It's a must read. NFL.com slash touches targets. Um, talk to me about the waiver wire, Alex Gelhar, NFL.com slash waiver wire. Yep, we'll hit a couple of them. Like I mean, we already it. talked about Buck Allen and Chris Carson. Those are the top two guys I think you got to add this week. Both of them should be a, a hefty fob budget spend for okay. those guys as potential featured backs in their offenses. I like Chris Thompson this week. Excuse me. Mention Benjamin Watson. Also, Mohamed Sanu, week one, led the team in targets. Last night had six targets, five receptions, 85 yards as well. He's clearly the number two option in that passing attack. Yeah. They're still taking the occasional deep shot at Taylor Gabriel, Gabriel and throwing a random red zone target to Justin Hardy. But Sanu appears to have like a decent floor in that offense. And, you know, there will certainly be games where people commit to stopping Julio Jones and then right. Sanu can just go crazy. Yeah. I like it. All right. Uh, there you go. So, again, catch the waiver wire article at NFL.com slash waiver wire. All right. Let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps, cause I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps about, daps. 
<laughs> All right, daily dap time. We shall start with a whiz kid from Wisconsin. Alex Gelhar, what you got? I'm going to daily dap uh, an interesting fantasy league that our a couple of friends from the office are doing. Uh, Sean Sullivan's in it. Uh, John Johnny Buttons, John Riddell, who's kind of a, a podcast, another thing, Overlord. But instead of uh, doing it where they just draft normal fantasy players, they draft by the um, – you can only roster players from the conference of, of the college that you attended. Oh, man. So there's a Big Ten, you know, Pac-12, yeah. sure, sure, sure. It's a, it's a really, really interesting – interesting league wait 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 so but with this whole thing like what's even the point of that like the sec is the best conference in college football like doesn't the sec just smash every incorrect time? well you That's would think news. that but there's the independent conference is pretty good you got guys like antonio brown you had david johnson and i mean uh, sully with the sec lost to johnny buttons in the big 10 last year sully what a clown that's uh, unbelievable. How do you lose? With How do you SEC? lose that with yeah, the I SEC? What an advantage, it's, and you can't, pretty, you cannot take advantage of that. It's funny because uh, they come to us with advice like, I have sad. no tight – like he, one of their starting tight ends is like, I don't know. Jeff Harriman. Seth DeValve or something. I remember having a very in-depth discussion last year with uh, with Johnny Buttons about like, should I play Deion Sims? <laughs> yeah, it was like Deion Sims or some other random tight end where we're like, you're in bad shape. But yeah, so What's going on here? Well, the he SEC, by the way, the SEC being the best conference is total fake news. Oh. Look at the Pro Bowl rosters controversy look at the pro bowl rosters you're telling pro me they're bowl. they're 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 locked and loaded with sec guys no talk about they fake are news fans like coming at me with look at the pro bowl roster fans <laughs> oh my god the pro hold on a second hold on a second you're telling me the pro bowl roster is not a good indication of the good players in this league pro- i'm a big fan of the everything that the players. nfl puts out <laughs> Okay, fair enough. All right, fair enough. I, I won't. I won't delve too, too deep into that. But man, that's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't buy I into taste. the SEC narrative. I don't buy into it at all. Mm. Um, uh, what else you got, Gilhar? Anything? That, that's okay. It. That's okay. it there this week. Uh, Harmon, we'll go to you. Uh, save me for last. Okay, fine. Oh. Uh, franchise, what you got? Uh, I've already dapped it once, but I watched the second episode of Defiant Ones on HBO, and the show is absolutely blowing my mind. I come from a music background. And the stories that Jimmy Iovine has of when he was, like, in his mid-20s producing these records for Tom Petty. And, dating uh, Stevie Nicks. David Dating Stevie. There's this crazy story where he was, like, secretly dating Stevie Nicks, but he was recording Tom Petty's album. And, like, Tom Petty was coming over to his house, and he was like, yo, Steve, you got to go in the basement. Hide in the basement. <laughs> he didn't want them to know that he was working with each each other yeah and it was like oh my god and then he's the, like the, 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 the scene where they're on the beach or like sitting on the oceanside balcony or whatever and he's with bono and the edge yeah and they're like going through a song he's like yeah you know this part was like no 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 like, whatever the like, drums come in here, yeah and he's like he's, he's getting producing. in depth with them and they're like oh cool and i'm like what also bono what a stud in the 80s my god <laughs> and uh and then the other side of it is like nwa and how dr dre came up and i'm only two episodes in so it's like in the mid 80s right now and the stories are just I'm every every episode. I'm like pff, mind blown. Love it, producer Chris. What do you got, guys? I want to adapt this fight, the Triple G Canelo fight. I ordered it. I usually don't get my money's worth usually because it's a, a Floyd fight, but I, I felt like I <laughs> I felt like I got my money's worth on Saturday. But yeah. I, I want to rescind all daps for this judge. Was what's her name? Adelaide Bird scored the fight 118 110 for Canelo when Triple G clearly won the fight. So apparently she is not going to be judging any title fights. Anyway. Controversy. So, yeah, a little controversy, but it was still an awesome fight. Adelaide Bird's a clown. Is there a big <laughs> boxing fight that doesn't come with some controversy? Though? No, Adelaide Bird's always. No, Adelaide Bird's fuels an the absolute, sport, too. It's true, but Adelaide Bird's an absolute clown. Womp womp. Yep. Uh, Adelaide Bird has had so many just absurd decisions in both boxing and MMA. It's just Adelaide Bird's a clown. Um, <laughs> I will – I'll stay with that theme. Uh, I will daily dap Brian Stan – who retired from MMA commentary, he was absolutely uh, terrific. I mean, you talk about a guy, this is literally an American hero. Um, Had a uh, silver star uh, as a former Marine. Uh, A great story about him basically uh, risking his life to go try to save some of his um, comrades who were, uh, they were in a firefight and uh, they got surrounded by a bunch of um, uh uh, was it Iraqis? I don't know what it was, but the bottom line was um, it, there was a roadside bomb. His 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 car got flipped or whatever, and he was saving some of his guys. He's a legit American hero. Um, he also approached MMA commentary. He was a great MMA fighter, uh, but he approached the MMA you know commentary side with such professionalism. He put so much work into it, so much research, and he would talk to all these guys. He would visit the gyms. I mean, he was. He was terrific, and the insight that he gave and the clarity by which he gave it, um, I thought 
will be missed in MMA. Uh, and I know that a lot of folks look at mixed martial arts as, as a brutal sport, as, uh, as a blood sport or whatever it might be, but I thought Brian Stan brought a lot of class and dignity and intelligence uh, to the commentary side, and he will absolutely be missed. He's uh, leaving it for some kind of private equity deal or something. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something super white-collar and professional now. But uh, he will absolutely be missed, no doubt about it. I will also daily dap the hashtag on Twitter right now, NFI, oh wait, NFID18. So it's the North Farmington ID. Um, and the, the high school there at North Farmington allows their seniors to dress uh, as any pop culture reference they want. No blood and guts, I guess. But it's a, it's a pretty funny... Uh, pretty funny hashtag if you want to go through and look at some of the uh, the memes that some of these seniors are imitating uh, for their for their class IDs, whatever it might be. So it's NFID18. Go check it out. All right, Harmon, what you got? <clears throat> I know my daps have been controversial on this pod lately, so <laughs> I have four. Today. You really have to dig deep to yourself, find the one yourself, that's... Yourself, yourself, <laughs> and your Snapchat handle. One, I would like to dap my friend Alex Gelhar's <laughs> podcast. Gelhar goes to the movies. I love it. Uh, oh, well, thank you. I love a that. Great way that he is channeling another one of his passions into a podcast that you all should listen to. I like the idea that you've had recently about doing the spoiler, non-spoiler section. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Daps to you. I would like to dap an <laughs> Odesia song featuring Leon Bridges. Really good one. Across the room. It's new. Uh, it's Bridges. just one of those songs that just you hear it. And I really, it just, it just vibes with me. So I would recommend everybody check that out. Okay. Number four. Yes. Three. I would, number I would, three. Number three. Sorry. Yes, number three. Number three. Math. I would like, I would like to dap uh, Dr. Jim Owens, a teacher from Lynchburg College who just passed away uh, on the 28th of August. He's been teaching there since 1969. Nice. It's outrageous. He was one of those professors that like was a little controversial. Not everybody was on board with him. But he was really challenging. He's a history professor. I took one class with him, and uh, he would always – he was one of the – like, he had this thing where he would never let you say the word stuff because he's like, I don't like that. Just tell me what you're trying to say. Like, don't say stuff. So it's one of those things even now I can still – whenever I say – like, I feel like I'm going to say stuff or I'm going to write stuff. I always get like, oh, I can't do that because it was just very – like, he was very t- – he was like a – That's cool. Very harsh guy. Like, the, yeah. you know, he would come at you like – he would just – like, stuff. I'm like, you can't cut me off in the middle of a sentence, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I still get that. And number four, uh, 500 Days of Summer. Yes. Again, my friend Alex Gelhar here okay. recommended to me. I it's watched that this weekend, and uh, let's just say it was well-timed, and uh, it's probably now one of my uh, favorite movies of all time. How uh, many movies incredible. have you seen? That, it's up to it's up to think 12 now. Oh, I, wow. I was <laughs> going to say, I have a quick question, though. <laughs> did you, like, audit a class at Lynchburg? Because how did you go to school there when you were at West Virginia? That's my question. I thought you were a, a proud mountaineer. <laughs> this is what I. Yeah, it was. Uh, so you know what? Color me skeptical on this. <laughs> oh, uh, there it is. <laughs> Color me skeptical. Amazing. Excellent, uh, excellent round of dabs. Chris and the show. <laughs> Full circle. Chris and the show. <laughs> That's it for the show today. For producer Chris, for the franchise, Matt Franciscovich, for the Wizkid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellar, and for West Virginia's finest, Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. Unreal. We'll see you. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.